G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. There's something about Tuesdays, always good getting an update on breaking news headlines as they come from Israel and the Middle East. Ron Ross, our Israel and Middle East reporter, back with us again. Hello, Ron. Welcome back to 2020. Thank you, Neil. Well, Ron, big news and news that seems to not yet have really crashed through into mainstream media, but Iran has launched two ballistic missiles and sent a fast attack vessel that's come close to a U.S. Navy ship. Is this just testing boundaries? Well, there have been quite a few provocative actions of late by Iran. I think they may be uh, testing President Trump. But over the weekend, they test-fired a pair of ballistic missiles and sent fast-attack vessels very close to uh, a U.S. Navy ship in the Strait of Hormuz. One of Iran's ballistic missile tests were successful, destroying a float barge approximately 155 miles away. Uh, The launches of the 110 short-range ballistic missiles were the first tests of that missile in two years. That's the Fatah 110. It was not immediately clear if this was the first successful test at sea, uh, but there were concerns within the U.S. Navy, which operates warships in that area. Uh, one they said was it was unsafe and unpre- uh, unprofessional interaction with the Irani, uh, Iranian Re- Revolutionary Guard. Uh, the Iran boats approached to within 600 yards of the tracking ship U.S. Navy Invincible, and then stopped. The Invincible was accompanied by three ships from the British Royal Navy, and all four ships were forced to change course. A very provocative action, uh, and one of grave concern. Uh, The Iranian provocations were partially obscured by a worldwide focus on North Korea's own ballistic missile tests. Between North Korea's saber-rattling and Iran's willful defiance, we certainly don't lack for evidence of these rogue regimes' intentions, Senator Tom Cotton said in a statement. This is why we need to develop a strong missile defense system to take a harder line toward these regimes. So you might say the U.S. is on pretty high alert. Yes, and of course, under Donald Trump, there's jostling to shore up friendships. And I note there's a reported telephone call between President Donald Trump and the Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. And Iran really right at the centre of that discussion in a telephone call Monday night. Yeah, that was the purpose of the call. Uh, They spoke on Monday night. The two leaders talked about the long-term dangers of the Iran nuclear deal and the Iranian aggression in the region, uh, and that followed the testing of those ballistic missiles. Netanyahu and Trump have agreed to work together to counter the threat posed by Iran. The Prime Minister took the opportunity to thank the President uh, for the hospitality he received in Washington last month, and uh, he expressed his appreciation 
for Trump's firm statement against anti-Semitism in a speech in front of Congress last week. Uh, but it's certainly true that uh, Trump and Netanyahu are working very closely together. And I know Trump uh, delights to have access uh, from international uh, information from Mossad. And, of course, the big concern there, context-wise, of course, is that Iran is a sworn enemy of Israel. And no doubt uh, all of this uh, travelling uh, that the Prime Minister of Israel, Benjamin Netanyahu, is doing is, uh, is likely to be uh, shoring up some friendships there with others who might become allies just in case there is some sort of uh, launch of attack from Iran. And, of course, the other meeting that he's involved in this week uh, Ron, is uh, a meeting with Vladimir Putin in Moscow. That one's scheduled for Thursday. Yes, he told his cabinet on Sunday, on Thursday I'll meet with President Putin in Moscow. Syria and the effort to formulate an agreement there will be the centre of our conversation. In the context of this agreement, or without it, Iran is trying to establish itself permanently in Syria with a military presence on the ground and at sea and also a gradual attempt to open a front against Israel on the Golan Heights. I will express to President Putin Israel's sharp and vigorous opposition to that possibility. I hope we'll be able to reach certain understandings in order to reduce possible friction between our forces and theirs, as we have successfully done up until now. Uh, Netanyahu visited Moscow last in June 2016, uh, but I'm sure this visit will have uh, a great significance. Ron, there's a bit of focus on Syria too, where a Fox News report claims that Russia and Syria are still using chemical weapons despite a UN warning. Yes, well worth a read, the entire document. Uh, they've uh, researched uh, directly with people in the region uh, and they're saying that uh, Russia and uh, Assad are ignoring a United Nations report that decried the use of uh, chemical weapons in Syria. The regime of uh, Russia and Assad also seem to be refining new forms of the illegal chemical weapons. Syrian researchers in London have pointed to the strong possibility that pro-regime forces have put warheads containing chlorine gas on short-range ground-to-ground rockets as a supplement to poison gas canisters and bombs dropped off by helicopter and other aircraft. Uh, in view of the experts, the ugly methods are basic elements in warfighting strategy that is only affected in terms of tempo by an ineffectual peace process. They've quoted people saying hospitals have been bombed and uh, very innocent victims have been subjected to chemo- chemical gas attacks. A very serious uh, charge, but a very good document by Fox News. Uh, Ron, uh, into Israel and what was very contentious in the US election campaign, the idea that the US might move its embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, uh, what might have been considered by many to be quite inflammatory. But uh, there are some US lawmakers, they visited Israel, and they're there to study the possible move of their embassy to Jerusalem. Yeah, the delegation was made up of members of the Subcommittee for National Security uh, in America. They met with Prime Minister Netanyahu and other senior Israel officials on Sunday. They were led by Ron DeSantos, a representative from Florida, 
and uh, they inspected possible sites for the American embassy in Jerusalem. There are a number of options there. One, we used to live around the block from one of them. The panel is expected to brief Congress and the administration of its findings. Uh, I was of the thought that uh, President Trump had gone a bit soft on this promise, but there you go. It's a full-fledged uh, delegation uh, checking things out in, uh, in Israel. The Likud member of parliament, Yehuda Glick, said Jerusalem has been the capital of the Jewish people for thousands of years since King David. That's a fact that nobody can deny. He was, of course, aggressively encouraging the move to Jerusalem. And I think the image of Donald Trump is that he is doing all he can to fulfil the promises he made in his election campaign. So we'll watch this space some more. Uh, Another big thing that's happening this week, Ron, a Jewish two-day celebration. Uh, It's going to be celebrated March 11th and 12th. It's called Purim. Uh, Explain to us what that's all about, Ron. Well, it's based on the Book of Esther. It's a delightful time. Um, I I mean, we lived through several of them year after year. And, I mean, the Jews just go crazy. Uh, They colour their hair. The streets are closed. And there's great celebration. But the story of Purim in the Bible doesn't mention in the book of Esther the name God. It's uh, God's not mentioned. Uh, it's a very interesting study because it shows how God uses people to fulfill his plans. The hero of the story of Esther, a beautiful young Jewish woman living in Persia, and her cousin Mordecai. But the, uh, the enemy is, uh, is uh, uh, Haman. And every time you mention the word Haman in Israel, they boo. Uh, And he depicts what you might see as the enemies of Israel wanting to destroy the Jews. And Esther was courageous enough to approach the king, and uh, Haman was eventually uh, put to death, and the Jews were saved. And so this holiday is memorable and joyful and, and a great time to be in Jerusalem. Sounds like a festival of cheering and booing. <laughs> but, uh... it is, it's amazing. I, I remember driving around the corner one evening in Jerusalem to be confronted by a group of young people singing and dancing, and everyone had a different colour hair. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so commemorating the defeat of Haman's plot to massacre the Jews, as recorded there in the book of Esther in the Bible, and uh, to be celebrated Uh, in this coming week ahead on the 11th and 12th of March. Ron Ross, always so good getting your insights into what's happening, breaking news around the world, but especially as it relates to Israel and those unfolding circumstances in the Middle East. Ron, thanks so much for your update again today and for being with us on 2020. Thank you. I've just got to go and rinse my hair. (laughs) What colour did you have in it? (laughs) (laughs) Grey. Grey. It's very becoming. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.